up next, we are doing our straight talk segment. This is your opportunity to call in and uh, and have a question for T- Father Tim Smith or a comment. You can call in at 877-795-0122 and send your questions or comments to us either by phone or you can submit them on Facebook, and we'd love to hear from you. So again, that number is 877-795-0122. You know, uh, we just were speaking on vocations with Sister, who was uh, sharing with us her vocation as a member of the the Sisters of Life, and a beautiful witness it is to consecrated life. Thomas, in your work in evangelization, have you had any friends that have joined consecrated life? Uh, people in your life, this is one of our members of the Real Presence Radio's family members. Do you have any family members or friends that have entered religious life? Um, I don't know about religious life, but I have several friends that now have now been ordained to, uh, to the priesthood. And just this last um, month... One of my good friends that I roomed with for a year in college, Father, now Father Rick Abel, um, was ordained to the priesthood in the Diocese of St. Cloud. He's serving as the parochial vicar of, um, oh, let's see, in Elk River, Minnesota. I forget what the name of the church is. but That's I'm, right. I'm very uh, blessed to know several men that have given their lives to Christ in such a, a servant's way, have been called to the priesthood of Jesus Christ to serve his people and to lead them um, lead them on. So what a witness. And, and if any of our listeners have questions about vocations, how do I know if God is calling me or, or how can I make my home? Maybe you're a parent who's listening and you say, I'd like one of my children or my grandchildren uh, to be open and receptive to the call to Jesus to their vocation, whether that's priesthood, consecrated life, religious life, or perhaps even the greatest vocation is marriage without this beautiful sacrament of holy matrimony, Thomas, and and you can even speak to that as a husband and a father, that how you live out your vocation, and also not only as a husband and father, but also as an evangelist Mm. in the life of the church today. So if you have questions about vocations, about listening to the Lord in prayer, uh, questions about perhaps some of the Sunday readings, Readings we had this last week, give us a call. The number is 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also send us a message via Facebook through the Real Presence Radio page, through uh, messages on there, through the comment box. You can also always listen to Real Presence Radio on the Real Presence Radio listening app, and that's where we always archive all our shows. So your your roommate uh, at one time is now a priest. Yep. What was that experience like, Thomas? Did you see something change in your friend, Father Rick? You guys were living together. Were you in college at the time? Yeah, we were in a formation house next to the Newman Center at North Dakota State. We called it the Bosco House. It's where you know six men would live together um, in community. We'd pray together. We'd have our meals together. We were all Five of us were college students. One of us um, was a focused missionary on the campus. And um, I just remember uh, Rick being, you know, um, constantly discerning, constantly thinking about his vocation, but Mm. it seemed like he was very focused on his studies. He was a landscape architect major, so he put in a lot of time on the drafting board and and in his studies, very studious man, but also very prayerful. And I remember a lot of the different – he gave a talk one time on humility. He talked about how if virtue is the rose – 
humility is always the stem. It's the thing that holds up virtue in our lives. And that, gosh, that talk, he must have gave them that 10 years ago now. And it's still, I still remember it. And then the other thing is um, we, we had bunk beds, right? We were roommates and I slept on the bottom bunk and Rick was on the top. And every morning he would like jump from the top bed down onto the floor <laughs> like a cat pouncing on the day, right? And yeah. it just freaked me out the first couple times he did it. And then I got used to it because I was laying there kind of like waking up to my snooze button and all of a sudden, bam, Rick's ready to go for the day. So those are two of the uh, memories I have of Father Rick. You know, when I started thinking about it, yeah. I do have a friend that's in religious life, Brother um, Joseph Mary, I believe is his name now. Is Lee Fortin was a seminarian here in uh, the Diocese of Sioux Falls back back when I was in college. He was up in seminary, and now he's joined um, a Franciscan order in Indianapolis. So I saw him. He showed up with five of his Franciscan buddies barefoot at daily mass one day you know you walk into daily mass you're like what's going on yeah who are those scruffy franciscans yeah, over there exactly their, their helmets are all patched and they don't have shoes on and it was march so it was pretty cold out and with unkempt beards and the whole nine yards that's right well we have a listener that's uh, going to send in a question to us and they their question is you know they really want to kind of keep an idea on on you know, if you have questions, give us a call, 877-795-0122. And one of our questions that's coming to us from an anonymous listener is, how do you keep good focus when your job is to help a non-church or a non-charitable organization make money? Hmm. And so part of us recognize that we all work for other entities. Many of our listeners are at work right now. They might be tuning in. Uh, we don't all get to work at the church. Mm. So how do we exercise to live a life of holiness when we know that uh, we have to make good, prudent decisions with our time? Well, I can speak to this, that I wasn't always a priest and I didn't always work directly for the church of God. I one time was a corporate businessman and I worked for one of the largest national multinational corporations uh, around the world. And uh, I really, at that time, I had a deep conversion experience in a relationship with Christ through a prayer group. Uh, I had be become attending daily mass. I was going to adoration. And for myself, I answered this question on how do I, you know, stay focused on living a life of holiness while at the same time fulfilling my responsibility to my employer, which was a large multinational corporation, and our job was to make money. And that meant I dealt with clients on a regular basis. Sometimes they owed us money, and I had to use the appropriate means to get them to pay the business money. Well, was there anything sinful about that? Was that, and not so long as that we live in accordance with truth. So I want to make sure that the end of whatever operation or whatever non-church business that I'm involved with is a good end. It's, it's a part of society, whether you're working at a restaurant, whether you're working at a bank, whether you're working uh, for a business or an egg business, whether you're a farmer. But the other thing is to live a life of virtue. And so just a few minutes, Thomas, you were talking about living the virtuous life. And so I think one of the great guides for us in living our vocation and living out our responsibilities are the four cardinal virtues, which is prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And so if you want to learn more about those, open up the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Google the four, four cardinal virtues catechism. It's going to come right up on your computer screen mm -hmm. and learn how, how am I living those virtues 
in my daily life, in my work life. You know, Thomas, as one who's involved in discipleship, what would you say to someone who wants to know, how do I live my ordinary job with a call to holiness? Yeah, I would say definitely that um, it's great to see that your religious life, you know, your relationship with Christ is not like one box of your life. And my work life is a separate thing, right? That Christ has to do with the whole of my life. And so Christ is present with you in your, in your work, right? And I think, you know, I came to this job from a consulting engineering firm in Fargo, where I was a consultant engineer. And one of the challenges I always faced, like you said, in, in the world or what this person's question is pointing to is, how do I keep a Christian mindset in a world that's all about money? Mm-hmm. And money really does, you know, especially in the consulting world, it's the ticker. This is what everyone's about. They, we would often talk about building relationships with clients with the end game of making money. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the call of the Christian is to accompany and to walk and to see and to interact and love people because they're people, because they're made in the image and likeness of God. And this is what we're called to do. And like, like you said, is it bad to do things to make money? No, no, not at all. Um, but that can't be the, the end goal in a, in a certain sense. I think that um, we have to be conscious of are we really, in a sense, using people to get at money or are we treating people with the dignity um, that they deserve as a son or a daughter of God? And the, the great example of this is we, if we look in even the New Testament, we can see that even St. Paul, when he was evangelizing, when he was sharing the faith with the church community, that he worked as a tent maker for a period of time. Like he was a testimony. He said, I'm, I'm in there working with the people. I'm sharing the gospel. And a lot of that is through your actions and through living gospel values and following Jesus's teaching, not bearing grudges in the workplace. I mean, that's going to be hard to do. So the Lord will give you opportunities to grow in holiness just by living your your daily life and and responding to the call of holiness. And of course, uh, a great saint in the the recent years that can give a testimony to that is St. Jose Maria Escriva, uh, founder of the the Opus Dei movement in the life of the church and uh, great teachings on living your life of faith. And of course, this last week here on Real Presence Live, we were uh, from the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity, the, the Faith and Business Conference. We have the Catholic Women's Business uh, Fraternity as well, where they're gathered together. And so these are great examples of how people are bringing their faith life and their work life together each and every day. Yeah. And work is a real dignifying aspect to it, too. You know, in one aspect, uh, we work, right, to bring home a paycheck because we love the people that God has placed in our family life and we want to care for them and protect them. But going to work itself is very, I think, dignifying and, and speaks to something of what we're made to do. You know, and St. John Paul II writes a little bit about this when he was um, working in a plant really during World War II or prior to World War II, I think, and he was made to work in this chemical plant. And... Um, and just talked about how um, you know dignifying this was that it gave purpose to to the workers' lives that he observed his coworkers around him, and so to see your work as um, something that God is is calling you to uh, is present to you in and an opportunity to encounter other people. I think are great footnotes and to keep learning. You know, uh, we don't have all the answers of what. This is a great question, and mm-hmm. uh, to continue to ask the question and continue to seek. Uh, bring it up in prayer to seek answers through other other resources that we have. Um, all those would be good steps forward, I think. 
You're listening to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. I'm joined by Thomas Escrow. And this, this is our call-in segment. You can give us a call, 877-795-0122, with questions you might have about the Catholic faith, about vocations, about prayer, about the scriptures, about the Bible. Um, why be Catholic? Um, here on Catholic Radio, we have lots of opportunities to learn about the Catholic faith in the afternoons, call to communion, Catholic Answers Live, always opportunity. Uh, to give a call, but if you have a question about the faith, give us a call this morning, 877-795-0122. We have another listener question that came to us via online. He mentioned a deeper conversion through a prayer group. And so a few moments ago, I mentioned about how through gathering together with other members of the church, Jesus Christ changed my life. Uh, priests don't just fall from the sky. They come because Jesus himself invites them to become a priest, and that's what he did in my life. Uh, this person says, there's a group of young adults in this listening area who has been in a prayer group for the last year, and they want to learn how to have prayer meetings together. How can they spend time listening to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit working in their life? They wanted to know what did the prayer group that I was involved uh, do together? How, how did that look? And if they have any suggestions or, for what a prayer group or how to spend time together in prayer. And so, uh, Thomas, this is something we both can share because you mentioned just a few moments ago about being in that discernment house when you were a college student and how some of your friends through that deeper community time and mm -hmm. life of prayer, they, they heard their call to their vocations. You heard your vocation call because you're a husband and a father now. That's right. And that being said, in my own experience, all those people that I was in a prayer group with, Years ago, those are men who are uh, husbands and father. One of the other men is another priest. You know, everybody has awesome vocations, and now they're going about their respective works, whether it's in business, whether they're practicing law, whether they're, uh, you know, working in their in their family lives for the for the life of the church. It's a beautiful example of, of just living out of that, and all that is the fruit of a time we spent together as young men in our mid twenties. And so, what did we? It was simple. Our time gathered around Jesus. There wasn't a, a particular like magic recipe for how the Lord worked this fruit into our lives, but it was really that the center of our life was that relationship with God in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so this group of friends of mine, which I just shared with you where we're at in our vocations today, the, the activities we were involved in, sometimes we would go on an annual retreat together. And so we would go to Abbey of the Hills or Broomtree Retreat Center, and we would just take the time as a weekend with a group of friends. And living that deep relationship with the Lord and friendship, uh, we shared with one another what God was doing in our life. We also kept each other accountable through our fraternity and really sharing with one another, you know, what God is doing and maybe per perhaps some struggles or challenges we we're going through. And then in that sh mutual sharing, that mutual friendship, gathering around the Lord for mass or going to adoration together, spending, carving out some time in our year to s spend time together for an annual retreat. That's all it was. And within that, God did amazing things and he's using us still together today. It's amazing how we're supporting one another in our vocations, even 15 years later after we first became friends and started that journey together. Uh, we've all entered into our vocations. Those same friends came to my ordination. I've gone to their weddings. It's a beautiful gift. Thomas, how has that looked for you 
in your relationship with the prayer group and how that's brought to you in your vocation today. Yeah, it sounds a lot similar to your experience, Father, that it's really not all that complicated. I guess the only thing I would add from my experience, um, one of the, the beautiful fruits of being involved in Bible studies or prayer groups, is there are so many different ways to pray um, that the church in her wisdom gives us. Sometimes I think we can think of prayer as this kind of black box, oh, I gotta, or maybe I got to go and gut my way through this rosary, which is this beautiful prayer, um, and to really learn about like the mysteries of the rosary and how to contemplate them. But I would also say if you're not familiar with um, a certain type of prayer called Lexio Divina, of reading with the scriptures, lots of fruitful discussion um, and, and fruit from a prayer group where all we did was sit down and read through, uh, take silence to read through a scripture passage, and then a very methodical way um, that the church gives us to pray with these scriptures, to offer them to the Father, to think about um, and be attentive to the thoughts, feelings, and desires that are arising out of my heart. And then at the end of that time of silence, um, to be able to go back to a, a group of guys and say, hey, this struck me. And then it, the guy next to me says, oh, well, this struck me. And it's two completely different thoughts and two completely different things based on the same scripture passage. And so it's just evident that the Holy Spirit is working and moving in both of our lives in a certain way. And I love how you're doing it within the context of community. Mm. You know, we're never meant to live the Christian life alone um, in isolation. Yeah. You know, sometimes solitude yep. is, is a godly thing, but isolation is not, right? And that uh, you talked about holding each other accountable. Even if it's just holding each other accountable, to instilling a personal prayer life um, in, my, in my daily life, to take at least 10 minutes to turn off the radio, get away from the phone, get away from the TV, get away from everything, and try to be in silence with God. Because it's in the silence that God speaks, right? And so it's entering into the silence, at least for me, that uh, was a real game changer in my life. In discovering the value of sitting um, in college, I would go and sit in uh, an empty chapel in front of the, in front of the tabernacle. Or um, trying to instill this daily prayer life reading the scriptures, even just this morning, you know, I have my habit of getting up. I make coffee. I'm the first one up in my house. I go and I sit on the couch um, with coffee because I need to be awake and the coffee does that for me. <laughs> and I, I try to enter into silence and it's a challenge, right? It's hard to get into the silence. And, um, and so today's uh, daily gospel was all about uh, uh, Peter and, and Jesus, Jesus telling Peter to go to the sea and drop a hook in and you'll find the money in the fish's mouth for the temple tax. And what I got out of it was sometimes Jesus tells us to go fishing, you know, mm. so maybe that's a good thing you can do with your friends. Thomas, we're talking here on our Real Presence Live call-in segment. Uh, the number to call is 877-795-0122. This is Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. I'm speaking with Thomas Escrow. We're taking listener questions. You can also submit questions online at Real Presence Radio through our Facebook page, and you can just type in Real Presence Radio in your search bar. You can submit questions online. You can also go ahead and call us at 877 and we've been talking about how community, or a, a prayer group, um, perhaps you've had an experience with a prayer group in your life, and it's really transformed your relationship with the Lord, but something changed. Things change. Time goes on. And sometimes, Thomas, I've had this experience. I've met people who can say, Father, back in 1995, we had an amazing prayer group in our parish, and the Lord's love became so tangible for me, and I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. 
but things have happened. Some people moved away. And now I find myself just kind of looking back at that time and perhaps even a little sad. They miss that prayer group. What would you say as someone involved in discipleship to someone who's having that experience? Because that is a real experience for many of our listeners uh, that they've had this. They're listening because they love Jesus, but they miss something that was happened in their life years ago. How can that be awakened for them again? Yeah, this is a great question. And I, one of the groups that I'm involved in, it's not necessarily a prayer group, but it's a movement in the church called communion and liberation. And, um, the question that the group is tackling this moment is, um, is what is this thing that lasts? What is it that lasts, you know, and the memory of something, the memory of a grace Mm. of something that changed me, maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago through God works through that memory to make it present once again in my life. And so, you know, sometimes it's challenging to look back and, and to think that God has taken something away from me, but really, um, I think God is always present and, um, he's trying to draw you deeper, deeper into love with him, deeper into communion with him. And, um, so I guess that's what I would say, uh, to a question like that. Praise God. Well, we have on the radio with us Mark from Kansas. Mark, uh, what's your question for us this morning on Real Presence Live? Well, I'm a new convert to Catholicism, and uh, periodically I feel led to go to adoration. And um, I'm not real sure what I do in there. I say the rosary, mostly that's what I do, and I pray. But is there anything that I could be doing to get more out of it? Beautiful question, Mark, and I'm glad to welcome, you know, welcome to the Holy Mother Church. I myself am a convert to the Catholic faith, and now I'm a priest, so God will do all things, uh, and it's a a beautiful grace, and so thanks for your question. You know, my experience in adoration, Mark, I can really identify with you. I used to just go to the adoration chapel and just kind of look around. I'd try to pray the rosary. I used to fall asleep. I wouldn't even make it through a whole rosary. I would usually go at the end of, at the end of a, a week day's work and I would be tired out. But Thomas recommended just a few moments ago, this practice of prayerfully reading the scriptures. And so, uh, in a, in a, my Protestant upbringing, I had the Bible given to me as a, as a young child. I'm grateful for my family and the, the ecclesial group that helped raise me in that, that familiarized me with the gospel and the old Testament. But now in the presence, the sacramental presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, I began to really make that connection with the words of the scriptures and how the word of God is living and alive. It's a two-edged sword. And that prayerfully reading the scriptures through this practice of divine reading or or Lexio Divina. Um, And there's some great simple helps, even if you were to just look up on your phone or uh, Google uh, just something Lexio Divina, maybe it's like a six or seven step, depending on the teacher or who's disseminated it. There's a great little guide to reading on the scriptures, meditating upon them, contemplating, and then letting the Holy Spirit in the presence of Jesus in adoration guide you to a new experience of what the Lord will do and reveal to you about his word, maybe to a particular area in your life, Mark, or maybe to uh, another area where you need some some direction. And so my uh, encouragement to you, Mark, is to take up the scriptures with you when you go into the chapel. Um, you know, and I encourage people, read First Samuel, read First or Second Kings. The Lord is working all in, in the word of God, not just in the, in the uh, New Testament. Maybe this 
prayerfully ask the Lord, or maybe you want to keep it simple. If you don't know where to start, just use the Sunday gospel that mm-hmm. was from mass on the Sunday. And that's going to be a great help for you. We got another caller, Mark. Thank you for calling in with your question this morning. We have Sally from Box Elder, South Dakota. And Sally, uh, what can we answer for you this morning on Real Presence Live? Well, the other day I was visiting with a um, non-Catholic friend, and he pointed out that there's two different versions of John 14.3. One is, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I go to prepare mansions. For you, and the other one, the newer version says, I go to prepare a room for you. And he wants to know what the Catholic version is. Is is Jesus preparing mansions for us or rooms? Great question, Sally, particularly around the area of uh, translation of the scriptures. And so, uh, even within the last century, Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, there have been so many more English translations of the scriptures that are available. The Revised Standard Version in the Catholic faith, what you hear in your Sunday Mass, Sally, is going to be from the New American Bible. There is the New American Bible Revised Edition. There's the Dewey Rames Edition. There's the Vulgate, which is the Latin Vulgate, which is the translation that comes to us from St. Jerome many centuries ago and then in the last and we're thinking about a bible that's like a from that late right around the turn of the 20th century the 1890s or the year 1900 and one of those old scriptures there was different translations in english at that time as well keep in mind the the scriptures have been really we think about the gutenberg press and the bible being reproduced and, and translated really that's kind of something new in the life of the church in the last 500 years that's only in the quarter section of the church's history a question and, and a good response to that is there are several different English translations of those terms. Sally, one thing, and I don't have uh, the uh, Septuagint or one of those translations right here, which would be the Greek translation of the scriptures. Ultimately, uh, what is the intention of, of the sacred author of the scriptures and in inspired word of God is that it is talking about the Lord has prepared a dwelling place for us. And I believe perhaps in the New American Bible, if I'm thinking back to how I celebrate uh, funeral rituals, I know this is one of the scriptures we use in funeral rites, um, that the Lord has prepared a place for us. And so don't get too distracted about whether it's a room or a mansion. In this, that translation of a mansion, we could easily think, oh, the Lord is making some luxurious place for us. Um, but we do want to recognize that uh, really the answer is that the Lord has prepared a place for us in eternal life in heaven. And we know the glory of heaven is is a, a unestimable good. It's something that's so great. Um, so we can be assured that it's not just some dingy room. It's the glory of God for all time. And so uh, that's my encouragement to you, Sally. Just recognize there's many different translations. But for us, for Catholics, I would go ahead and take a look at your New American Bible. And if you're an online Internet person, you could just even type in that mm-hmm. scripture passage, and you can type in USCCB at the end. It's going to bring right up in there from the bishop's website in the United States the translation that you would hear at Mass on Sundays. And that's a great help to say, well, that's what we use. And there's sometimes little asterisks you can clip on, and that's where they'll even have some 
notes that are on the bottom there. And that might give you some direction as well. But it's a matter of English translation. There are probably a hundred or so plus so different English translations that use different words. Uh, but it doesn't change the inherent meaning of the text. And you could just let your friend know, well, that's just one of those many English translations, but this is the one we use in the Catholic Church. Right. People are always right. shocked. I, I appreciate think, that. And my my family Bible that I inherited from my aunt is late 1800s, and it does say mansions. Yeah. And, that, and then and I have a newer Bible, and I did look in there, and it said I've prepared a room or rooms for you. So, I, you know, and he had a valid question, but his his take on it was that Jesus is not going to put us in a super six motel when we go to heaven. He's going to put us in the in the city of gold and love and peace, and we will have no no pain or anything. And he said, I don't think you would be comfortable in a super six motel room in heaven. Well, that's one way of, of imaginatively praying with it. Sally, thank you for your question. Uh, we're thankful that we had all our listeners that called in this morning on Real Presence Live for our Straight Talk segment. 